Blog Talk Radio. I don't want to. See, I'm smart enough to know it's not my game to play. It's the pawn like everybody else. Used intelligently, a pawn can create a checkmate, Mr. Williams. Or become a very powerful player himself. Don't you understand? This is all a game. All of this. Like basketball, football. Mr. Big Time Trackstar, again. You play it and you play it to win. Because in the real world, no one wants to hear excuses or empty rhetoric. No. They want to know if you have a plan. They want to know if you have a plan. They want to know if you have a plan. They want to know if you have a plan. the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the collective on uh, this fine Saturday afternoon. Um, I am Martin Soares. I am your humble host. On this, on this fine and actually this really special, special episode for us. Um, this is week ten of our of our show. Um, once again, this is the collective. If you haven't been here before and you're just now listening, welcome. If you've been listening, welcome back. And uh, for our future listeners, um, we look forward to having you on the line with us. Uh, we've been going ten weeks strong. Um, this is our tenth show. We couldn't be happier to be here. Um, once again, I am your humble host, Martin Sori. Uh, before we get started, we want to shout out Blog Talk Radio and our, our wonderful uh, uh, family network, the Keys 107 Network, uh, opening the doors to endless possibilities. I am joined by my co-host, um, Mr. Lawrence Reels, Mr. Jason Reels, on the line with me. Uh-huh. Um, uh, we should we should have our fourth uh, uh, host, Tommy Hill, calling in any minute now. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's somewhere out there. Uh, I'm sure he's floating around somewhere. Um, but he should be on the line with us soon enough. Uh, we've got a full show. We've got a full list of topics today. We're going to go right into it. Um, we're going to talk to the NBA playoff, which is underway today. Um, in fact, once our show ends at 3 o'clock, uh, game one will start between the New York Knicks and the Boston Celtics. Um, mm. 
we'll talk a little bit about last week's WNBA draft, which we didn't get a chance to address on last week's show, um, which which went down earlier this week. Um, we'll talk a little bit later about Mr. Drizzy Drake Rogers uh, with Khalifa and some some other uh, some other occurrences in music this week. And then a little later on, we'll talk about some recent news and movies. Um, the full Superman trailer obviously came out this week for Man of Steel, um, and some other movie sequels that'll be coming up uh, that we'll discuss later on. So, uh, first order of business: NBA playoffs. Um, so many storylines I feel like we have with this play with these playoffs. Um, Certainly, uh, I mean, you you start right at the top with Miami going for their repeat. Um, but you look around, and it's been, I mean, it's been, I feel like with the NBA, it just every season really gets better and more entertaining. And when you look at this season and the way it's panned out with, with these playoffs, um, the storylines, I feel like, are, are just really set in stone, and we're, we're really in for it. Um, as I said, right at the top with the Miami Heat going for their repeat, I've said it to many people over the last couple weeks, you know, if we are about to see a repeat, um, it'll be official that we're we're witnessing the LeBron Miami Heat dynasty era. I mean, we're officially going to be part of that, and that's that's certainly something uh, interesting that could that could be happening. Um, and you know, you could look over to Oklahoma City against Houston, you know, I, which is the matchup that I wanted. Um, uh, James Harden against his old team in the first round. Uh, not to say that Houston has a chance, and we'll go into that, but just a great storyline. Again, uh, you know, Clippers Grizzlies over there, which is going to be a battle. You know, the Clippers really trying to prove their worth. Um, you know, the Knicks also, I feel like, in that same boat, trying to, you know, really ascend themselves and prove their worth here and try to make a run. Um, so a lot of great storylines. I want to go around and, and get God's thoughts. Um, I guess, I guess you know, uh, give me, uh, let's talk about, you know, certain matchups that we're looking forward to, um, you know, who we're looking forward to individually to step up the playoffs, and, uh, and, you know, we'll wrap it up and, and make our picks for each series. But um, let's go to, uh, I'll take it to Jay first to, uh, to drive the, the conversation on the playoffs and give his, give his thoughts on what, on what we're looking for. So uh, this is going to be, I'm, I'm predicting that this will be the best postseason that the NBA has had in, in possibly since the Jordan era. There's so many good teams. The matchups, especially in the first round, are just absolutely phenomenal, really. I mean, the the, the Houston Rockets-Oklahoma City matchup is, is a dream. You get to see James Harden play kind of angry, which I'm expecting him to play and play like him. It's just, you know, the Westbrook-KD connection, trying to get back to the finals, that, that's just an interest, great first-round game. Um, but I'll, I'll speak specifically to uh, to get at Martin's question about what matchup I want to see and what player I, I would like to see kind of emerge. And I'll have to go to the Denver Nuggets-Golden State Warriors first-round matchup. And um, so Seth Curry has become one of the, the more entertaining players to actually watch in the league. And, you know, uh, people that have seen him since college understand how entertaining he was to watch in the NCAA tournament. 
and he he's the one player that you love to see that really doesn't have supreme athleticism. You're just watching it for for the basketball skill level that he exudes every game. So that series is, is going to be terrific. I mean, we have a Denver Nuggets team that they have some injuries right now, and I kind of wish they were at full strength because they could be a contender at full strength with Gallinari and Ty Lawson and their whole team healthy. Um, but they have the best home record this year in the NBA, um, which is very impressive, and, and people know that Denver's a tough place to play. Um, so to see them against Golden State, which is a young, up-and-coming, extremely talented NBA team, I, I just think if Seth Curry can can win a game in Denver, I think Golden State might have a chance to win this series, but it's going to be all up to Seth Curry. So I want to see... I want to see if he takes his game to the next level is, is essentially what I'm saying. I want to see if he's going to really come out and say, when my team need me to get it done, I can get it done in these big-time games. Um, I want to see a 40-point Steph Curry playoff performance, and uh, I think that will just catapult him to, to new heights. So I'm looking forward to to that series um, more so than a, than a couple other ones, even though all of them are going to be – Spectacular in the first round. It'd be great. Um, side note, I, I'm seeing right here that uh, Kenneth Fareed is actually listed as day to day with an ankle injury right now. Oh, and that's that's important. Mhm. That's definitely important. Yeah, they definitely they need Kenneth Fareed. I mean, what he offers on the defensive end, uh, his presence on the glass, like he he he's a big part of what they do because they're really a team that like that that wants to kind of slow down the tempo. They're a defensive minded team. I feel like I mean they they definitely have some good offensive players, but I feel like they they shine on the defensive end, and Kenneth Fareed is a big reason for that. Absolutely. Well, I think I, I think Kenneth Reed is important for them because if you if you've seen some of their games this year, their points in the paint, like differential from the team that they're playing, is what wins them games. They don't win on threes and perimeter play. They they True. win on creating turnovers and runouts and dunks. Like Denver's a dunk show with all the athletes <laughs> that they have. And Ken Fareed yeah. is one of those freaks that they have that runs the floor better than probably every foreman in the league. Yeah. And always seems to be at the head of a fast break for a lob. And it's and Yeah. It, it, he's, he's a huge part of what they do there. And they pound the ball inside. So they need him. They need him. Yeah. That's, where the, that's the basis of their offense. Yeah. Right. I also so saw, second I chance saw opportunities too. I saw a graphic this week on ESPN, and it, it listed the uh, uh, the five uh, top dunk men in the league. So, who has the the most dunks on the year? And JaVel McGee was actually number five. Crazy! Wow! Yeah, yeah, they pound the ball inside. So, if yeah, if Golden State, Golden State's gonna have to hit shots because if they're missing a lot of perimeter shots and they're a perimeter team. Nuggets are just going to run out on them, and it's going to be it's going to Iguodala and and I think I hope Reed plays and McGee like those guys they they're beasts man they they run the floor really well and they will capitalize off the turnovers and, and turn it into offense and let's not forget George Carl he's a terrific coach as well 
So that's why this matchup to me, and I love Mark Jackson and the toughness that he like projects onto Golden State and onto his players. So like I want to uh, like that's a great coaching matchup as well, and it's just going to be it's going to be a terrific series. Um, yeah, definitely um, agreed. Agreed on all fronts, uh, Lawrence. How about uh, any other matchups? What do you? Are there any matchups that you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, I I really do like the Houston Oklahoma City matchup, like you said, as well as the Golden State Denver. But I guess I'm going to go with the obvious answer, and I feel like the marquee first round matchup, Boston New York. I mean, uh, Boston is a team that that we know uh, has that experience, has has those veterans that have what it takes to get it done in the playoff series. I mean, they took the heat to seven last year, and people can say they're old and, and whatever they want about Boston, but, I mean, they've really got some guys that can play basketball, and, and that's all that matters. And they have and they have realistically one of the best coaches in the game with Doc Rivers. Uh, I, I think that I think that the, I'm going to go ahead and predict that this series is going to go seven games. I feel like I feel like they're going to take New York to seven, but I feel like New York gets it done in seven. I mean, New York just has so much firepower. I mean, what's what's scary about New York is that they rely on the three point ball so much. I mean, that that's that's how they really put up their numbers. Guys like Melo, Steve Novak. I mean, J.R. Smith, Shumpert, even like they got guys. Uh, the, what's the guy, uh, Chris Copeland, like they got guys that realistically are in there just to knock down shots. And and if they have, when they have bad shooting nights, that's when they lose realistically. And so they, they, they have to shoot the ball well. And I think that they're comfortable enough, especially with having the home court advantage, that they'll be able to get it done in the garden. But it, it's, it, it should take them, it probably will take them seven games, uh, at least six. I don't see this game being a sweeper by any means. I mean, when you look at guys like Jeff Green, we know what Paul Pierce does. We know what Kevin Garnett does. Like, these these guys can win, man, and I, I don't see them going down very easily. So that that's probably the series I'm looking forward to most. Um, I think uh, I think the health factor is uh, has started to weigh in on the Knicks as well. Um, towards the, that final stretch of the season, Kenny Martin went down and Tyson Chandler went down as well. They, yeah, they, they need uh, Tyson. I saw them with a couple lineups that had uh, Carmelo at the five and, and Copeland at the four. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> that lineup out there. So um, obviously, you know, for the Knicks, it's, it's important to stay healthy as well. Um, so I get, you know, we can go right into our picks. And Al, it sounds like you're going Knicks in seven. Um, I'm going Knicks in seven. It. Okay, so you think Boston will take it in seven? I, I think I, I, I'm with you on that. I think it's going to seven just because of what we know about Boston. All the things you said, I, I think we'll exactly. see a good a, a series that goes to seven games. I think there's a lot of pride in that, but I. Yeah, I, I would say I'm going Knicks in seven. Um, Jay, when, and I think we should go back to, to Golden State, Denver as well, and make our picks too. But uh, Jay, your, what are your picks? Um, I'm gonna for the for the Knicks Celtics series. I'm going Knicks in 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 six, and I, I actually don't think it's gonna be. I love Boston, and I and I and I know what type of toughness, you know they. They they bring to the table in every postseason. They're just somebody that you're gonna have to deal with, but they're missing their star player. Like like Rondo is what makes them go. And though they've stayed above water since he's been gone, and that's more so Doc Rivers, I think, than anything else. Absolutely. I don't trust Avery Bradley 
I don't really trust Courtney Lee to be able to score with the Knicks because they're too they're too old and slow. Like no offense, to, to to stay and run with the Knicks. So I just think the Knicks are going to be able to take care of them because the boss is not going to be able to slow them down as much as they're going to need to. Um, so I'm going I'm going Knicks and six in that series. Um, the Golden State Denver series is so hard. This is this is like a this is like uh, a terrible college basketball first round matchup where it's like. Like you don't know who to like a eight nine game in the NCAA tournament essentially like you don't know what, which way to go, but I'm gonna go with Golden State because I think Seth Curry's gonna have this coming out party in this first round, so I'm going Golden State in 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 seven in that series. I think that series will go to seven as well. I like that. I like that take. Uh, what, uh, what's your pick in the, in the Denver series? I really do want to go with Golden State. I really do. I think that uh, I think that Harrison Barnes is key for Golden State success. I mean, I, I feel like he's he's one of the more underrated rookies this year. I mean, he he's really done some really good things for them. I I looked I looked up his numbers and he started 81 out of 81 played games. <laughs> so this, so this guy is on the floor a lot and and he does a lot of good things for them. Averages about 10 points. And uh, obviously, what Steph Curry does. Is going to be really difficult for uh, for Denver to be able to manage, but I I really do think that Denver's still going to be able to bring this home. I mean, if if Free is able to play and and, and they get possibly Gal, I, I heard that Gallinari may be able to play in the first round. I mean, if they get those guys back, I think that they realistically have too much for uh, Golden State to deal with people of a team. So I'm going to go Denver and six. Um, I'm actually with you on that. I'm, I'm going. I'm going Denver in six. Um, my, my, I guess my recurring theme in these playoffs for me with, with teams is, is depth. I, I think uh, exactly. for me, the, the the teams with depth are the teams that are that are usually most successful, particularly on the road. And yeah. you know, we all know winning winning at least one game on the road can be you know crucial in the series. And exactly. as well as Denver plays, you know, at home. Um, and they don't I, lose you know, that. I think I'm, you know, they yeah they played so well. They went 38 and three, I believe, and was their home record. Um, yeah. Um, so you know, I, I think I'm comfortable with Denver in six. I do, you know, I I want to see, I, you know, I do I sympathize with Jay because a, a Steph Curry performance. I would really like to see, a, you know, a Steph Curry kind of you know, explosion playoff performance that, you know, because he, he's the key for their team. And, you know, if he, if he plays well, they're certainly going to have a chance. He's um, so fun to watch. I mean, he, he really is. Like, he, he's one of the more exciting players to watch go off in basketball right now. Like Jay said, he doesn't necessarily do it with like extreme explosiveness, like a LeBron or even a Wade. But it's just it's it's just basketball skill. He just knows the game so well, and I mean he has probably him and Kevin Durant have like the, the purest strokes in the game right now. I I think that's fair. Um, it looks like we got uh, T Hill on the line with us, our fourth hostess. And finally, with us, uh, Tommy, talk to us. We're we're making picks. We've we've made our picks for the uh, New York Boston series and Golden State Denver. So why don't you uh, go ahead and catch us up? Give us your picks. What's up? What's 
So how are y'all doing today, man? I mean, I mean, <laughs> but um, with the with the New York series, I got um, well, I got, I'm gonna say I got the Knicks in, in five games. You know, um, you want to give you want to give credit to Doc Rivers in Boston for what they what they've accomplished just getting into the playoffs, uh, dealing with all the injuries they had, especially the Rondo going down, um, Avery Bradley stepping up as that uh, force and Paul Pierce and the KG. But um, realistically, I- I'm really thinking that it's New York's time to really make their statement and say that we're here and, you know, starting from the bottom, now we're here. And it- it- it's-, it's our time to make a run in this playoff. So I'm going to go with the Knicks and five. And now um, Golden State and, uh, and Denver, you know, uh, as-, as much as I like Golden State, Stephen Curry, um, they're a very exciting team. Mark Jackson out there, he's um, he's really turning their franchise around. They they they're coming out with a different approach. They have different swagger about them. Um, but at the same time, this is their this is their first year making the playoffs. And I don't know how many years to uh, to have an exact number, but um, George Carr has been there before. The Nuggets have been there before. And I'm going to go with the Nuggets in five as well because I feel like they can turn their defensive notch up just a, li- a little bit more than, than uh, Golden State can handle right now. And um, with their depth at the big man position, uh, Kenneth Reed coming back is going to be huge. Uh, with JaVale McGee, Custer uh, Kufis, um, just, just, just the big men that they can throw in the game's length. Uh, Corey Brewer, they, they have so many – um, intangibles at the defensive position and so much depth at the, the, the defensive uh, position that I feel like they're going to be too much for Golden State in this first round. So I'm going to go with uh, the Nuggets and five. Uh, so you got Nuggets and five and Knicks and five. Is that right? Yep. Um, okay, we're going to uh, – I, I think, you know, let's ride out with the, with the Eastern Conference matchups. I'm actually – Really looking forward to the uh, Brooklyn-Chicago matchup mm-hmm. at the 4-5 or five in the East. Um, you know, with the implications, I mean, the winner of this matchup will play likely the, you know, Miami in the next round, assuming they beat Milwaukee in the first round. Um, uh, but, you know, the winner of this round will play Miami in the second round. So, you know, and, and the nature of these two teams, I feel like, will really make for just a really gritty series. I mean, both teams, I feel like, are, you know, obviously, you know, Chicago, we know what they do. They, you know, the defensive, they're grounded and pound on offense. They pound it inside. They they get offensive rebounds. You know, they, they grind it out. They, you know, they grind out games. They want low-scoring games. Um, and, you know, Brooklyn, to me, is, is similar in that sense. I feel like they – they can play that way. I mean, they're sixth in the league in, in opponent points points per game. So you know, you know, they, you know that they play defense. And with their front line, they've got Brooke Lopez in there, who I, I'm not mistaken is, is leading their team in scoring right now. Um, but I mean, he's emerged. I feel like he's, you know, he's right there in their front line as as a, as a formidable force down there. Um, they've got Andre Blatch that they can throw in there, and, and Reggie Evans, Tommy's favorite player. Um, he's gotten several games with with twenty or more rebounds this season. I mean, he's 
he's just a garbage man. And I just I feel like they are ready. They're they're primed to be able to rough up any team and to go against Chicago is they're really going to clash in that sense. But I feel like what Brooklyn has uh, that Chicago visibly doesn't have is a sense of offensive force in Darren Williams and, and Joe Johnson. I feel like. You know they can come. At, they can play the gritty style that Chicago wants to play, and and uh, and but but on the other end, you know they have somebody that they can give the ball to at the end and say, you know, get us a basket. So, um, I you know off that, I think I think I'm going to go with Brooklyn um, in seven. I think uh, I think that factor to me. I don't like the fact you know I just talked about my my team with depth for these playoffs and with these teams. but And I don't really like Brooklyn's depth that much. I mean, their front line depth is okay. They bring in Reggie Evans and Andre Blatch, as I, as I talked about, and Mr. You know, Chris Humphreys or Chris Kardashian, whatever you want to call him. Um, they bring him in every once in a while. But um, at, in the backcourt, obviously, you know, they rely on their Williams and Joe Johnson. They, you know, their depth isn't really that. Uh, you know, cohesive right now. But but I, I like what they have. I like their nucleus. So I'm going Brooklyn in seven. Um, anybody can chime in. Uh, you know, let's, let's get everybody's picks on the Brooklyn-Chicago series. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, you know, with that series, I've watched a lot of Brooklyn games this year. And, um, you know, being from New Jersey, the whole transition and the image to go really elevated them to another level. You know, they they were looked upon as 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 the Kings of the New Orleans of the leagues before before they made that move to New York, and I commend them on that move, and I commend them on making it to the playoffs. Um, they lost Amy Johnson earlier in the year, which a lot of a lot of people thought to be to be a huge loss because you know his coaching ability um, it is it is very much overlooked in, in a lot of aspects. But um, you know with this series, my 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 heart, my heart goes with uh, Brooklyn, but my gut tells me, and my basketball, my better basketball knowledge tells me that Chicago can make this series a little too, a little too. Uh, they, they can muck it up a little bit. They can make it, they can make it rugged, and they're gonna, they're gonna really, really, really force Brooklyn to execute very well. And I'm just a little skeptical on, on if Brooklyn can really execute. Plays when the game gets very when the game gets slowed down, and will they be able to make you know those 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 big uh, those big buckets at the end of the game? I'm, I'm not sure they can do it. So I'm gonna go with um, Chicago in Chicago in seven. And my favorite player is Reggie Evans. I love what he yeah. brings to the game, <laughs> but um, yeah. I'm gonna go with Chicago in. Tommy's got Chicago in seven. I'm gonna. I, I I think I may be with Tommy on this one. I I think Brooklyn has definitely shown some good things, and I and and they had a, a pretty good year. But I I think that they they just don't have it all together yet. They they kind of have like a, a, the lag of like a the heat first year syndrome where they, they just brought so many pieces together and they still haven't quite necessarily figured out how all those pieces fit in. And I'm, I'm they definitely have the right pieces. They have some very good, I mean, Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, 
Reggie Evans, they got Brooke Lopez. I mean, top to bottom, they have a good basketball team. But I think Chicago just beat them with their defense. I mean, Joe Kim Noah is doubtful for game one, but he'll probably play the rest of the series. He's big for Chicago. And I don't think that Brooke Lopez realistically can stop Joe Kim Noah and keep him off the glass. And all the other guys, I mean, Carlos Boozer, Luel Deng is a, is a very important part of for Chicago's success, but I mean he showed that he can that he can step up and really hit some big shots. So I, I I'm gonna go ahead and say Chicago in, in seven as well. Um yeah, I'm interested to get Jay's pick, but I do think, you know, I I, I am I feel like I'm going with a gamble by taking Brooklyn. I do, because, you know, when it comes down to the things that you know is need, are, are needed from an NBA team to really grind out the playoff series. Chicago really embodies all those things. I, I do, yep. you know, I, I like the fact that Joe Johnson and Darren Williams both have the playoff experience. With you know, with the, with Darren Williams playing in Utah, you know, he got his playoff experience, and then Joe Johnson in, in Atlanta. Uh, I, I think they both have that at least the you know the experience. They've been there before, so they at least know what to expect. So, yeah. you know, you look for them to perform, I think. Um, I'm interested to get Jay's pick, though. Molly, I'm 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 with you. I'm with you on Brooklyn. Um, I think Brooklyn in six or seven. I would go six. Um, not that I don't think Chicago is a terrific team. I love Tom Thibodeau. I love, I love the toughness that they play with. Um, and I love how they play defensively and lead down the ball. But I'm going for entertainment value here. Um, I will, I want to see a Brooklyn Heat second round matchup. Uh, I want to see LeBron in, in New York in the playoffs. And I know I, I'm pre- I, if I had to, if I'm if I'm David Stern, I'm thinking, yeah, next second round matchup against the Heat first first time in Brooklyn. You know, Barclays Center just opening all the hype behind that. I think for entertainment value, I I, I want to see Brooklyn and and then Miami in the second round. So that's why I'm going to go with Brooklyn for the most part. But they, they have the pieces to do it. And they can score and they can play defense. And, and Chicago just doesn't have a go-to guy. And they just don't have a guy that you need in the playoffs. Like in the, in the playoffs, your best players win you games. And I don't know how many games Chicago can skate by with – Essentially, no go-to guy. Like, Luol Deng's very good. Boozer's a, a very good player as well. But, I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't have Derrick Rose. And, they, and, and when things get tough, who are they going to go to? And, and their system works, and we've seen that. But I, I just don't think that their system is enough to slow down the Nets and, and, and with the Nets having Deron Williams or Joe Johnson and go too late in games to close out. I, I think they can do it. I, I don't think that I think the Nets are actually a very good team, and you know they're the fourth place team in the East, and that was because they can play. <laughs> like 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 that's it. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Brooklyn, entertainment value, and I just think that their stars are rise above the, the better players on the Bulls and get it done. So I'm going Brooklyn this year. Uh, so we, I guess we split there. We've got two with Brooklyn and and two with Chicago. Um, I think that's that. I think that's pretty fitting um, of the series. I think it's going to be that 
that tight and that close, uh, definitely something to watch. Uh, let's round out the Eastern Conference. Um, I mean, you know, Miami, Milwaukee, I guess we can just – No-brainer. You know, we just say – you know, we just say – we can each just say numbers as in how many – you know, how many games is it going to take Miami to Four. Um, <laughs> four. Four. Four like games. That. Um, I'm going five. I'm going five. <laughs> you think they'll still one? Maybe they can. I think Miami. Maybe I think I think Milwaukee will win the first game. I'm gonna throw it out really? there and say Milwaukee's gonna catch Miami slipping, and and nah. I think Milwaukee's gonna come out fearless and not even catch them slipping, but I think they'll come out just ready to play. And all. I think Milwaukee slips in one game and Miami just wins out five games. Nah, Tommy, Tommy, what's up, Tommy? I know you with me, Tommy. <laughs> Four games, Tommy. I, I don't even know why we're discussing this, Jersey. <laughs> There's absolutely no rhyme or reason why we should be discussing this, series. Unless, unless, unless you're a Brandon Jennings fan and you you have a lot of faith in what he's talking about, because he'll go off. That, he'll maybe go off. But he well, he tweeted yesterday that they're going to beat the the Heat in six games. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, and I right. talked to Martin about that. And there's a difference between being cocky or, or being confident and being straight-up delusional. They're getting <laughs> going home. They have no idea what the playoffs smell like. And <laughs> a, team, a team below 500 shouldn't even make the playoffs. So Miami and four. <laughs> yeah. I'm with, I'm with Tommy and Lawrence. Um, I actually think the Heat are going to run them out of every game. I'm going to go that he's going to win each and plus one. I don't think it's okay. Penny is on a mission. Last season, he was decide, okay, guys, it's time to turn. They're ready to turn. And it's been I think they're in this first round. That's what. That's honestly what I think it is for my end. I think they're going to try to send a message to the rest of the league, especially the rest of the Eastern Conference, that we're playing no game people. And, and we're, we're going to beat you right now. And then we're going to come back in the second round. We're going to try to whoever's in the second round. Because the goal is and no one, I think, are really, really actually equipped in than the Miami Eagles. I think I honestly just think that they're gonna they're gonna run over Milwaukee and it's not gonna be fun for for Milwaukee fans, Brandon Jennings, the organization, their GM, no one. This is not gonna be a fun series for them. They're gonna make some money because they got Miami going to come into town, but that's about it. <laughs> I mean, uh, agreed, agreed. Um, you know. It'll it'll be a show. We know that for sure. At the very yeah. least, it'll be a show. Um, you talk about not a fun series. Indiana, Atlanta, um, <laughs> really not a fun series. Not much to watch there. Um, I'm just going to mm-hmm. say Indiana in six because I don't think there's any reason to believe that Atlanta will put up any kind of serious front. Um, uh, you know, Indiana I think is strong, and I think they'll go on and play New York in the next round. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I I think Indiana is a, a very strong basketball team. I mean, they they ended the year they, they ended up getting third, correct? In the in the East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I, I think that they'll probably win in five. I, I, I mean, I, I got to actually see Atlanta play live, and, and I mean, there's just, there's not much that's impressive. Right? Josh Smith does a lot for them, and, and he's a fantastic basketball player, but he he can't do it all. They, I mean, they're kind of thin. They got some real questionable bigs behind behind Al Horford. I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to really handle uh, Indiana's depth or that or that defensive pressure. And no answers for Paul George. Yeah, I'm 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 with Lawrence on this one. I'm uh, yeah, I'm with Lawrence on this one. I I. Dude, this is probably the worst first-round series, like, just being realistic, like, Atlanta, Indiana, like, two, like, kind of boring markets for basketball. I mean, it's just it's just one of those, you know, if you catch a game, you'll watch it for a little bit, and then you'll probably fall asleep. But this is, this is like, like this is that sleeper series. I mean, hopefully it turns out and it goes seven, and, you know, it's actually, like, entertaining, but I, I don't see that happening. I, I, I see Indiana taking care of Atlanta uh, ra- relatively easily. Um, and uh, I, I so do we have to talk about this? Like, do we technically have to talk about it because, because of the NBA playoffs? Because this is like... Yeah, it's like, even worse that like, we have to watch this it. This is like an NIT game. This is an NIT game of the the, the NBA postseason. Like, this, this is this is this is not going to be really that entertaining at all, but we'll see what happens. Um, okay, we, we'll uh, take it to the Western Conference then, where um, certainly there's a there's a there's a little more entertainment value there for 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 Jason. Um, but uh, you know, let's break it down and, and make our picks for the Western Conference matchups. We talked about Oklahoma City, Houston before. Um, I guess, you know, how many games do you think this is going? I mean, we talked about James Harden, you know, for me, for them to even have a chance that it's Houston, you know, James Harden really has to be, you know, the this, this superstar that he's proven to be throughout the season. I mean, he's the top five, in, you know, scorer in the league. Um, that you know, we know the things he's able to do, the the numbers he's able to put up, and you know the way Houston plays is, is tailored for his kind of style. You know, they shoot just like dozens of threes, um, and you know they're capable to you know to put points on the board and to make a you know a formidable you know at least a, you know at least at least make things interesting and be competitive. So. Um, I do think I think it goes to six. I think Oklahoma City is is that much better um, in terms of their nucleus, in terms of their core unit. Um, I see no answer for Russell Westbrook on on the on the side of Houston. Um, I, I mean, you look at just in terms of their body of work. I think Oklahoma City gets it done in six. I would hope, and I you know obviously for the entertainment value. You want to see Houston put up a front, maybe you know, maybe go to a seventh game in Oklahoma City. Um, again, the storyline is great. Like you look forward to seeing the reception in Oklahoma City for James Harden, and you know what, you know how he performs with with all the you know with the given situation. So uh, a great storyline and definitely a great series. What do you guys think about this? I'm going to Oklahoma City in six. 
I think I'm right with you, Molly. I'm a, I'm gonna go Oklahoma City in six. I think I think Houston will barely win two, and, and we'll see some we'll see some good basketball games. But I think Oklahoma City top to bottom is just it's just way better than Houston. I mean, Houston Houston does have James Harden, and, and he is a, a prolific scorer. He's he showed that leaving a team with with Kevin Durant and and pretty much getting his own team like he he can certainly be a go-to guy and he's a very good one but I I do think that Oklahoma City just has way too much for Houston and I think that they'll they'll take care of business. I wish I could say the series would go five and a half games cuz game 6 isn't even going to be close. What do you think, Jay? I'm going I'm going Oklahoma City in five. Um, real simple. Uh Jeremy Lynn guarding Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Food. Lunch. Lunch. Yeah, it's not gonna even be fun for him or Houston. And I honestly think I honestly think Westbrook averages the most points in the whole series because Houston has no one for him. And nothing. That matchup alone is just Oklahoma City is going to control the game, and Westbrook is going to be an absolute menace in this first-round matchup. And I think Oklahoma City in four, I'm going to go, I, I'll go four. I actually don't think Houston's going to win a game at all. I, James Harden is good enough to keep them in game, but they're not going to win a game. They're not going to win one game. <laughs> I actually, I agree 100% with what Jay just said. Because, um, you know, we're looking at this is this is a one versus an eight seed that we're talking about here, and you know this is gonna this is gonna let us know a lot about how ready OKC is coming into this uh, this year's playoffs. They've been to the finals last year, and you know this is their year to make a statement that they're really trying to win the championship this year. You know, um, Kevin Durant sat out the last game of the season. He's not worried about the scoring title. Um, this is like yeah, this is a one versus eight seed. This should be a sweep. I, I agree hundred percent with what Jay just said. Uh, do you not think that uh I mean uh, you're right, it, I mean it is an, an eight seed. Um I, I, I would you compare Houston to a to a Milwaukee eight seed? I mean, do you think they're they're equal in, in, in uh, I guess in how they stack up? Do you think Houston is kind of your prototypical eight seed? I think I think Houston having a star player like an absolute stud like James Harden um, makes them you know, a, a non-conventional eight seed. And the West this year, I mean, as it, I mean, let's be honest, as it's been for the last probably four or five seasons, has been head and shoulders a deeper better, and better than conference yeah. than the East Coast than than the yeah. Eastern Conference. So that's why if Milwaukee's in the in the Western Conference. They're packing it up, trying to get a draft pick this season. They're not, they're not worried about they're not worried about making the playoffs. Like they're they're not they're not pushing towards the end of the season to make the playoffs. They're packing it in, trying to get a draft pick. Like they're like they they won't have they don't have a shot to make it in the West. So I mean, Houston, Houston being an eight seed in the in the West, the Lakers being a seven seed in the West, just that stuff like that just shows. How how deep the Western Conference is, and and they're 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 light years ahead of 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 the Eastern Conference as far as that. They're just 
It just happens that Miami's on the East Coast and, and LeBron's there. And, and Melo's in New York. Like, yeah, like that's, that's really kind of like all it is. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I, just, I, don't, I don't think you can really compare the two at all. Yeah. I think that there definitely is a, a separation in the conferences. Cause I, I mean, you look at the overall record as an indicator, and there's always a team, sometimes seven and eight in the East. Are below have below 500 regular season records and they're still making it there, and that's almost never the case in the West. I mean, there's teams that are close, but nine times out of ten, the the eighth seed in the West is at least five, six, up towards of ten games over 500. I mean, they're good basketball teams. Every team plays 82 games, so the West just win more. Uh, and I think that I think the disparity is is, is bigger because they're the teams that are strong in the East are some of the strongest teams in basketball. I mean, with Miami Heat, it obviously is, is the powerhouse right now and the overall favorite in this year's playoffs. We're not, we're not trying to fool anyone here and say that it's something that it's not. And, and I mean, you look at teams like New York, you look at teams like Boston. I mean, there, there's teams that have – I mean, Boston's in the lower half this year, but there, but there's still teams that are perennially uh, uh, competition. And, I mean, teams that are competing, teams that are winning championships. So, I mean, Boston a few years ago, Miami last year. But it, it, it's just like a bigger separation. But I, I feel like that, that's almost a given. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's a strong point there. Um, you know, going for the – you know, the next round for Oklahoma City, uh, you know, that first-round matchup, definitely something to watch. Um, and we'll see, you know, we all have Oklahoma City advancing. We'll see, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what kind of uh, fun Houston puts up. Um, for the next round, uh, the winner of the uh, clippers Grizzly series will play uh, Oklahoma City, assuming they win um, in the second round. Uh, let's get our picks for clippers Grizzlies. I think um, this is Pretty similar for me in my mindset about the uh, the, the, the Brooklyn Chicago series in the East. I think you you know it's another grounded pound. Uh, Memphis is you know very similar in philosophy and in style with with Chicago. Um, you know not really one guy that they go to offensively, but you know uh, you know collectively they do things on the offensive and defensive end. They 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 pound it inside. They um, you know they they play together and it's. You know, it's it's that kind of uh, framework for their team. Going against the Clippers, obviously, um, to go back to uh, Jay's term, the internet, or rather the entertainment value. Um, obviously, the Clippers have the entertainment value advantage in this series. I think, um, I, I think, I think I go Clippers. Um, and again, this is a, a repeat of their first round matchup from last year. Um, I think we see, um, you know, pretty much the, the, the same thing we saw last year, and I think we see the same outcome. I think the Clippers come out um, in seven games for the same reasons I said in the Brooklyn-Chicago series because I think the star power just proves to be too much. And um, I will, I'll throw it out there, too, for me. If I'm, I'm, I have my eye on the Clippers because, you know, again, with the, with the theme for me, with teams with depth, and I was telling Tommy this week, I'm of the mindset that if the Clippers would have utilized their depth really to, to, the, to, their, to their, like, absolute best ability, um, they have the potential to come out of the, of the West and represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. I really believe that, um, you know, someone like Lamar Odom, if you're able to put his talents to use, 
you know, if 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 he's anywhere close to the Lamar Odom from the from his Laker days, uh, I really see the Clippers as having a serious chance of advancing. Uh, so let's get your guys' thoughts on the on the Clippers Grizzlies first round matchup. I'm going to go ahead and flip-flop from my Eastern Conference 4-5. or five. I, I picked Chicago. I picked the, the more defensive team in the East. But I'm, I'm going to go L.A. in the West just because of the star power. I, I feel like they do have too much. I mean, we talked about the series last year where it was the same first-round matchup. And the difference in the, between that series and this series is Rudy Gay. There's, there's no guy to really go to when it's down the stretch to be able to pull out these tough games for you. And, I mean, the Clippers top to bottom are a very good team. We, we just talked about the conference disparity. And if the Clippers are in the East, they're top three, top maybe even number two in the East. So, it, I mean, they're, they're a very good basketball team top to bottom. You, as Martin alluded to, they do have a lot of guys. They they, they play like nine guys deep, sometimes ten guys, and and I mean it really benefits them because they get up and down the floor. They're ninth in the league on the season for points per game, and fourth in the league for points allowed per game. So they do it on both ends. They create turnovers. They got Chris Paul, who who is the difference maker. And, that second round OKC Clippers series is going to be a hot one. I'm going to go Clippers in five. I don't think Memphis is really going to do much here. I think that uh, Chris Paul takes care of business. I'm uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go with LA in five as well. Um, my my question and and I guess my probably. Just talking about what we were referring to earlier as far as, like, what players, you know, we would all like to see kind of, like, step up and kind of rise to the occasion. And I think Jamal Crawford is going to have to be that guy for the Clippers. And, you know, talent-wise, you know, there's no question that that he's capable of doing that and taking over and winning some tough games. But, like, we we haven't seen him that much in the playoffs, but we haven't seen a, a, a big playoff performance from Jamal Crawford, really. And yeah. I'm wondering if, if this year is the year that we see it. And if he plays well, to go along with the athleticism and, you know, you know DeAndre and Blake inside and, and Chris Paul running the show, if he can be the, the other guy that keeps things steady – then the Clippers are dangerous, and and, I've, and and since I've seen their roster, I saw their roster before the season started this year, and I'm pretty sure I I, I called Martin or I saw Martin, and I told him I was like, man, this is the deepest team in the league, and they have a chance to win the West, and 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 last year kind of showed the signs of it, but the pieces that they added with Matt Barnes and 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 Grant Hill, even though he hasn't been playing much, I really think they've been saving him for the postseason. Um, at the win position, they're they're, they're outstanding, really. So, uh, and, and that's going to go a long way for them. So, I, I'm going, I'm going Clippers. Uh, that uh, that potential OKC Clippers second round matchup um, is, is big time. It just, it would be, it would be awesome. Uh, I'm gonna say with this series, I, I'm just, I'm disappointed with the Clippers. Um, you know, as as hot as they started off the season, um, you know, my my heart is with them in this series, and I hope they, they, they handle business because uh, I was talking to Martin earlier this week. Vinny Del Negro is very much on the hot seat. 
and and unless the leadership of Chris Paul rallies this team, um, kind of like a kind of like a, if I want to compare it to football, like a New York Giants and uh, with Tom Coughlin, you know, a team that doesn't really that 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 forms a bond amongst themselves um, outside of their their coaching, who they really just don't want to hear anymore from. Um, I, I hope the Clippers handle this series in, in no less than no more than six games, because Memphis has a potential to to really put the lob city to bed early, and um, I, I just hope that uh, yeah, like I said, I hope the Clippers just handle this uh, this series in at least six games. Is, is that your pick, Clippers in six? Then T Hill. That's my that's my heart pick, but my gut is is really <laughs> telling me to pick. <laughs> Memphis, but I'm gonna go with the Clippers. <laughs> okay, uh, you know, to wrap it up, we'll take it to you know, the Spurs Lakers series with the, at the two seven in the West. Um, <laughs> full, full, full disclosure, full disclosure, um, my Lakers, my Lakers are 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 hard to watch for me. They've been hard, they've been hard enough to watch this season. Um, but but you subtract Mr. Kobe Bryant and um, things certainly change. I I will say that I'm I'm proud of the way that we competed our way into the seventh spot um, and avoided Oklahoma City in the first round. That that does show some Laker pride. And you know Steve Nash's timetable is still up in the air. It looks like he'll be back in the first round. So. You know, Mike D'Antoni, you know, finally figured out, you know, it's a miracle how Gasol can play with Dwight Howard. Um, You know, it's just been a a complete up-and-down fluctuating season for my Lakers. And uh, at the 2-7 against San Antonio, you know, obviously, you know, they they beat San Antonio there in that that last regular game of the season. I'm actually not aware. I'm uh, trying to find out. I'm not sure what uh, Manager Ginobili's timetable is. Um, uh, it, it doesn't look like he'll be in the lineup anytime soon. But, you know, again, when you talk about depth, you know, San Antonio is another one of those teams that really that really utilizes their depth uh, to the max. I mean, they get a lot from different guys, you know, Thiago Splitter and, and Gary Neal and Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard and those guys. Um, I know they've endured a few injuries, obviously, with Ginobili. I know Kawhi Leonard was injured also at one point in the season. Um, so I, I think we see a competitive series here. I, To my own shame, I'm, I'm going with San Antonio in seven. Um, <laughs> you know, matter of fact, I'm, I'm going Lakers. I'm, I'm going to go Lakers in seven. I, I think the Lakers have... <laughs> Damn, man. I, I, I think... I think D'Antoni, I, I think D'Antoni has seen the light, and I think I think with the emergence of Pau Gasol, you know he's resurgent. He's back out there. I think uh, we know you get Steve Nash back out there. I, I think he'll be good enough to take the Spurs in seven. I, I'm gonna go out there and, and you know ride out my Lakers and, and have them. I'm taking Lakers in seven. Anybody agree? What do you guys think? I would agree with you, and I'm I'm very happy, happy, and I'm proud as as a, a friend of yours, and <laughs> as I know <laughs> that you've struggled with this Laker team throughout the entire season, and I'm happy that you that you're sticking by your Lakers, and I'm and I'm gonna agree with that pick because I watched 
that last game of the season, and and I and I saw I saw an, an inspired Laker Laker group that that put it together, and they believe that they can play defense, and they believe that they can they can work these Powell and and, um, and Dwight and over everybody in the Western Conference, and as long as they can ride that, I don't know. But against a San Antonio team who I believe linked into the playoffs, they won, what, nine out of their last 20 games, I believe. I don't know the exact uh, stat on that. But San Antonio, if, if this is the perfect matchup for the Lakers, and if they play the same way inside out with, with Powell and Dwight, they can, they can prolong the series and they can win this, ther- this series in seven games. I'm going to go with the Lakers as well. I'm uh I'm gonna go with the Lakers in six. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a Lakers. I'm all right. Let me. I'll I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm not. I'm not as much as a a Laker organization fan as Martin is, but I'm I'm just as 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 much of a Kobe fan as as as, as Martin is. So this is this is hard for me. Um. You know, Kobe, I watched the game the other night as well, and Kobe wasn't playing. And, you know, I I, I was hurt. I was confused. I, I felt like I felt like my girlfriend left me. Like, like I, it was just it was just a rough for me. It was a rough experience just seeing them out there, like, you know, competing, but just not with the general. It, it was just it was just weird. But I, the key in this series is going to be Dwight Howard. Um, I don't think the Spurs can handle him inside at all. And and if he comes out with the mindset that I'm gonna be a defensive stopper and I'm gonna I'm gonna be aggressive on the offensive end, then then the Spurs are in trouble because that like if this guy is a is a is a twenty eight and fourteen type of guy some night and, and and to go along with three or four blocks and the amount of shots that he alters and the Spurs hurting on the offensive end without Ginobili right now as well, and, and Parker still kind of working working his way back. Um, I, I think Dwight controls this series. I think Dwight, this is Dwight series to win, and um, I, I just think he's going to rise to the occasion and get it done. And, and you know, Powell and, and Steve Nash will help. I love the way Steve Blake is playing, and just the confidence <laughs> that he's playing with right now is it like like is it like. It's funny, but like I like the way he's playing. He's playing right, confident, right, right. and, and 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 you know he he he's gonna be a a a key contributor for this postseason run that the Lakers are about to go on. So mm. Lakers and six. All right, all right. Look, I love y'all, yo. I I, I really <laughs> do, Molly. I love you, son, and, and I know I know that the Lakers are your heart. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you a box of tissues and I'm going to come watch this game and I'm going to come watch <laughs> the Spurs beat the Lakers in five games. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? We're talking about the number two team in the West. We just talked about what the West is. Realistically, I mean, they're they're an older team, but A, they're deep. They got some young guys that can really get up and down the floor and that the Lakers have no answers for. Powell and Dwight are going to be tough 
for San Antonio, but I think that San Antonio have enough bigs that they can throw they can throw a bunch of bodies at Powell and Dwight, get them tired, get them in foul trouble. They they can do things to kind of make Powell and Dwight not as effective. And who do you have on the perimeter? Like it's, I, uh, I know I know you I know you hate to hear this right now, but the guy with the ball on the perimeter is going to be Meta World Peace. <laughs> it's gonna be meta. It's gonna be meta, and and we know what. No, we don't, no nobody talks about meta. Nobody. We yeah, I know. I know. I know you don't want to bring up meta, but you have to bring up meta. I I mean, realistically, the the injury thing is is important for San Antonio, but realistically, these guys are old. Popovich was using this just to give these guys some rest down the. I mean, they had their they had their spot locked up for some time now. Manny Ginobili's been resting. If you look up their injury report right now, the only person listed on it is Boris Diaw, who's day to day with a sore back. And all these guys are going to be playing, and we're going to see San Antonio do what San Antonio does every postseason, and it's win. Or I mean, every postseason except when they lost the Memphis in the first round. Oh yeah, except that one. Yeah, yeah, except that one. But <laughs> okay. but San Antonio is going to take care of business in five games. I'm sorry, Molly. Like I said, I got tissues on deck for you. <laughs> and we're going to get through this And we're going to get through this Mama's going to be back next year And then we can talk We can talk when the mama's on the floor uh, we, I mean, you definitely remember uh, They made that, that big run At the start of the postseason last year uh, they, What was it? They won their first eight games, wasn't it? They yeah. swept through the first two rounds um, Until they came up against Oklahoma City And the Western Conference Finals um, the Lakers certainly the underdog there. Um, uh, either either way, uh, uh, you know, a, a matchup definitely to keep our eyes on. Um, as is every matchup, as we said before, the NBA playoffs will kick off at three o'clock um, in an hour's time. Uh, game one between New York and Boston, and we'll be following it and making our picks through each round right here on the Collective every Saturday. Um, real quickly before we uh, kick the commercial and. And come back and, and and talk a little bit a uh, little bit of music. Uh, but I want to get reactions from the WNBA drafts. We didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. Uh, obviously, Brittany Griner, the um, uh, what shall I call her? I guess the I would call her the second coming, but she really is I guess the first coming um, of her kind. Um, the number one overall draft went to the Phoenix Mercury, uh, where she will join the likes of Diana Taurasi, Penny Taylor. And others, and um, uh, Ella, Elena, sorry, Elena Deladon was drafted second to Chicago, and Skylar Diggins third to the Tulsa Shock. Um, obviously, a large emphasis on Brittany Griner, the six-nine sensation. Um, you know, I've talked to, you know, we, we've talked about her, you know, amongst amongst each other these last few weeks. Um, you know, her going to Phoenix is 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 important and it's big. Um, the fact that she's playing with Diana Taurasi, um, I, a, you know, a close friend of mine, Kathy Pondexter, played with Taurasi for uh, three seasons in, in Phoenix. They won two championships together. And uh, Di- Diana Taurasi is one of the best, and if not the best female basketball player I've seen in person. Um, I am interested to see how Griner fits into the, the system at Phoenix. They do thrive on the transition, um, getting up and down. At least that was their that was their method when they won championships 
with with uh, with uh, Paul Westhead and Corey Gaines as coach in Mercury, and Corey Gaines is still the head coach there, obviously. Um, they like to get up and down, and so I, I look forward to seeing how Briner fits into that mold. She is mobile for her size, which is something that makes her very effective, um, but it, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if their system changes, how she fits in. It's almost kind of like the Dan Tony Lakers, uh, if I can make that analogy, um, <laughs> kind of like that situation where, you know, there might be some, have to be some adjustment there because she, she is 6'9", and uh, her strong point is not necessarily running up and down and being that kind of transition player, but when she's on the block and able to do things that way. So uh, you you guys' reactions to uh, Brittany Griner, the WNBA draft, and uh, what we can expect. I think to make one, you know, final point to wrap up, I think we're going to see, you know, for the, I don't know, 200,000 people that are going to be watching, um, probably the most competitive WNBA season thus far. And it's definitely getting more competitive. I mean, you only have – you only have 12 teams total, right? So, I mean, eventually you're going to have a lot of teams with a lot of, you know, top-tier players. Um, you look at the Eastern Conference with the New York Liberty and Bill Lambeer, the, you know, the kind of changes he he's made there. I wrote something on, on our basketball blog about that um, about a month ago. Um, you know, obviously Indiana coming off the championship. They're a powerhouse. You've got Connecticut still there building. Um, and, and you know teams are really are really getting competitive. Minnesota in the West, obviously Phoenix now being formidable. Um, also Chicago in the East, you know with the second pick Elena Deladon to go alongside of Tiffany Prince um, and, and Sylvia Fowles. And, and I mean I, I, seriously, if you're going to turn into the WNBA this season, I really think you're going to see top level competition and uh, you know really intense. Uh, basketball this season. So, uh, you guys' reactions, real quick, from the WNBA. Um, I'll go first. Uh, it's uh, Brittany Griner. You know, entering the WNBA is is everything for 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 the league. Um, you know, a league uh, like she she. In, from what I've seen, she's probably the most notable slash popular women's basketball player, like, in the world, at least in our country. You know, she's always on, she's always on SportsCenter, you know, and and she has a following, and, and that's what the WNBA needs uh, right now. Like, it's, like, we can be honest, like, it, like they're, they're doing, they're staying above water and they're doing well, and, and I remember when the first season of the WNBA, you know, it was really exciting, and my, my parents took my brother and I to, the WNBA playoff games, uh, and we watched the New York Liberty a few times, and it was awesome. But since those first couple of years, things have kind of not that the competition level has gone down, but the popularity of the league has gone down. And now you have Brittany Griner coming in, and maybe now, you know, these Phoenix Mercury games are going to be on ESPN instead of ESPN2. And they're going to be in the, these primetime slots because people are going to want to see Brittany Griner play at the professional level. And and you know for the WNBA that's that's what they need. They needed a spark, and and Brittany Griner could be that spark for them. And you know I every time I see her play, I'm always like, I mean, I wish I wish she gets with like a really good strength coach, and and kind of takes her athleticism to the next level, and and you know gets stronger and tries to actually be like the dominant force that that she can be. And 
and and part of me like really really is like like cheering for and hoping that she does. And and for the WBA, it would be awesome. It would it would just be it would just be literally it would be everything for them for Brittany Griner to come in and kind of be the new face of the league and kind of take you know the popularity of the league. The, the she's gonna act. She's gonna have everybody elevate their game, especially playing with Diana Taurasi. So the so the competition level will go up, and it's only it's nothing but positive with her going to the WNBA. As long as she, like, stays out of trouble, which I think she will, and, and you know, just concentrates on basketball, she could, she could do really, really great things for the, for the league as a whole. So I'm looking forward to that for, for her and for the WNBA. Lawrence, yeah, what do you Jay, think? Uh, um, I think, I mean, I, I certainly agree with Jay. I think she she's very good for the WNBA in terms of in terms of drawing some of that attention back from the from the its earlier days and and kind of uh getting more odds on the WNBA and I think that people watching her play against some of these other girls is going to be really good because I mean there's some really 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 good basketball players in the WNBA there are some phenomenal basketball players in the WNBA and and um Brittany Griner can certainly be one of them I mean she's a dominant force she she's kind of the first of her kind like Martin said she's like the first born she's like uh, the first coming rather and and she I mean, what she can offer is is very big. She blocks a lot of shots. I mean, she's six nine. She's really long. I think that some of these uh, bigger girls in the WNBA are going to be able to push her around a little bit. So she she definitely should be working with the strength co- strength coach and, and and kind of trying to get a little bit more sturdy because I mean, she's not going to be playing against the smaller girls she was playing against in college. But at the same time, what she actually does is great, and, and she'll be able to continue to do that. She is a skilled basketball player. If you were able to see her play at all this year, you know that she actually does have a pretty good skill set, and, and she has a variety of post moves. And I, I think her dunking will, will will be big in terms of drawing attention to the WNBA too because, she, I mean, she's going to dunk. She, she's only going to dunk more and more, I, I honestly feel like. I mean, we talked about a few weeks ago, I think we talked about how she had, she like went into a game at halftime and said that she wanted to get two more dunks and decided to tweet it at halftime that she needed two more dunks and went out and got two more dunks. I mean, she she can she can do that type of stuff. And she, she's going to be exciting to watch. So I, I think she's going to be really good. And Diana Taurasi, to, to have her, Playing with Diana Taurasi is going to be crazy. They're going to be crazy. They're going to start throwing lobs to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, there's nothing really much more I can add um, to what you guys have said. You guys put it perfectly. Um, uh, she, Brittany Griner, she stands for for something actually kind of bigger than the game in an aspect with the, with her sexuality, with her, um, you know, the way, the witch, her innovativeness to the game. No, we, women's basketball has never really seen anything like this. And um, what Jay was saying with the, the, the market value of how they can market her and bring more attention to the game, it, it's all good for women's basketball, man. And uh, it, it, it's good to see to see that game, the, the women's game, on the rise and, and back on the come up because, you know, they they can ball 
and they want to be respected just like men do. They do the same thing. They 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 work just as hard. They train just as hard, and you know they deserve that that platform if they're really striving for it and they're making strides in their game. But I gotta say I'm a I'm a New York um, Liberty fan because um, like Martin knows. She uh, with uh, Cappy Pondexter. That's that was really what put me on to women's basketball. I'm not gonna say I'm a, I'm a I'm a full time follower, but I try to catch Liberty games when I can. And um, I would like to see the Liberty make some noise this year. So I, I'm really rooting for the Liberty this year, and I want to see what they can do to make make some noise in the East. Yeah, uh, the 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 league. You know, they came they came up with a new logo. Um, that's meant to represent, you know, kind of a more athletic side uh, to the league. Obviously, as you guys all alluded to, it's, you know, it's a big thing for Brittany Griner coming in. Um, I, I know off the top of my head, I, think, I know Lisa Leslie has dunked once in in a game. And I think, I think, I think um, Candace Shemeika, Parker did, too. I think, I think Candace Parker has dunked, and I believe Shamiqua Holdsclaw was another who has, who has a dunk. Michelle Snow. And, and Michelle fact, Snow from Tennessee. I, from Tennessee. In fact, she may yeah. have dunked the while she was at Tennessee in college. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, again, the, the progression of the game, you know, Griner really embodies that. And as we said before, she's really kind of the first, you know, you hope she's the first really of a long line of future, you know, uh, uh, you know, women's basketball players. It's, it's, it's great stuff. And, you know, to go back to Tommy, obviously with the Liberty, I'm, I'm biased because I'm close to Kathy Pondexter, but Expect a big season from the Liberty this year. Um, they they had two top ten draft picks, um, both girls, Kelsey Bone from Texas A and M, and uh, uh, the other girl slips in my mind. Um, but they're they're both big girls, uh, double double players in college, both um, uh, thousand point scorers. Tony Young is the other girl from Oklahoma State. Um, both big girls, both double double girls. So good young talent coming to the Liberty this year, and um, with all those. Movements that that Bill Lambeer has coordinated thus far, I'm mean, definitely uh, going to get hot for the New York Liberty this year. Um, so yeah, look for them to have a big season um, in the WNBA. Uh, let's wrap up our our sports segment now. We'll go to our first commercial, and we'll come back real quick and talk about uh, Mr. Drizzy Drake Rogers, a uh, little Wiz Khalifa discussion, <laughs> and uh, some other things going on in music. So we'll be we'll be right back on the collective. Yeah. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-known. 
depressed woman and outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuffed shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Mold 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Don't forget to visit Mood107.com. Jay-Z, 
you know, he's worked with The Weeknd, he's worked with The Dream, you know, all, you know, all these people, I mean, pretty much anybody and everybody. Beyonce, I, I think for him, is kind of the, the pinnacle for him. I, I think if he were to get Beyonce on one of his records or, or get on one of Beyonce's records, I, I think he would feel kind of a little more established. And I think it wasn't at the NBA All-Star game. He was he was serving them drinks, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce over in the court side. He was serving them drinks. And, you know, and, you know, he, I, and I think, I, honestly, I think my theory is confirmed with the song. Because, you know, he uses the Destiny Child hook from Say My Name, and, you know, which is, you know, it's obviously paying homage, but, Again, it's 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 a little overzealous. It, it, I mean, to, at least to me. I mean, that's really how I'm seeing it. I mean, he drops the song even on the same day as the first day of her Mrs. Carter World Tour. You know, and so it's it's all tied in. And so I, I, you know, that's kind of the mindset I get from it. I, I didn't necessarily love the record. I mean, I think it was written well because I think you know that it's one of Drake's strong points. Um, it's it's a lot of and it's you know again it's it's, it's paying homage which is which is fine but uh, not necessarily my cup of tea I I could have done without this one Drake so um, what what are your what are you guys thoughts on this give me your thoughts on Drake uh, I'll I'll start <laughs> yeah all right I'm gonna be very blunt it, that's a that that was terrible like that was like a like the hook. You know, like everything about it was bad, and and it was just it it was it's whack, it's terrible, it, it really is. And I and I and I listened to it not voluntarily because when I heard about it, I was like, okay, like it, it didn't surprise me from Drake because this is what he does. Dude. This is what he does. He he comes out with 5 a.m. in Toronto where he just lyrically just it, it's a massacre. The whole thing he he kills it. And then, you know, you whenever you think things are going in the right direction, you know, he drops a, a Girls Love Beyonce song with a Destiny's Child hook. Like, come on. Like, 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 like can, we, can we see some consistency for, like, just a little bit? And, and, and it's frustrating for me, honestly. That, like, that, that if, I, if I had to, <laughs> to describe my reaction to it, it would be, it would be pure frustration because that was – it's just really unnecessary – and you know we're on the air, so I really won't say the the type of words that I want to say to describe it because once again I'm a Christian. But it, it it's 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 so bad, and and he could have done without that. I think I and, and we could have done without that. And if that record never surfaced, I think it would it it would have been a it would have been a positive, no question for me, and and. The, the the other record is is pretty good. The one with Wayne and Ross, I really like his verse on that. Um, but that Beyonce record, I pray that that's not on the album because I think it's kind of embarrassing for Drake, honestly, to be doing that. Like to, to really be doing that, that, that that's a little embarrassing. Too. All right, so we got. <laughs> See, I, I I almost hate talking about Drake because. I I always I feel like I always have to start by saying this. I hate Drake. I hate him. <laughs> I I really do. Like I I I hate him. And and why I hate him is because he's so good. 
I hate him because he's so good and he's so bad at the same time. And he manages to right. and he manages to continue that cycle somehow to where he can just be so bad, like why are you doing that? But still so good. The girls like Beyonce so I don't know or girls love Beyonce, whatever it is, is not a bad song. Like his his actual No, 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 no. Look, look, the hook is terrible. The hook is absolutely atrocious. It is an, it is an abomination. It is there, are, there are words I can use for it that I would rather not say on air, but it, it, it is a terrible, it was a terrible choice. But the, the verses aren't bad. I mean, they're, they're kind of quintessential Drake R&B verses. It, it's cool flows. It's different. It's like that rap R&B mix that we talked about before, like that, that really only he and guys like Frank Ocean really like are are able to to manage very successfully. I mean, he he what he does on it is is what he does so great, which is why we love him. And it, it's just so frustrating. It really is to be able to deal with Drake, especially after like Jay said, where he came out with 5 a.m. in Toronto, where it's like, all right, maybe he's back to just the rapping because. Like we could use a little bit of that from Drake, but he he's he's gonna be different. He's gonna have these types of songs, and it's fine. I mean, it's 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 not like a shocker. It's not like oh man, Drake made that song. Drake, it's not like it's it's an unbelievable thing at all because it's it's what he's done. I mean, it certainly isn't his best R and B song. He he has some really good R and B songs, but but sure. Girls Love Beyonce is not one of them. No, sure, go ahead and finish. I was just saying, at the same time, you have to you have to almost take it with a grain of salt. You have to take it and be like, all right, well, Drake does this, and, and it's fine that he does this because he's going to still give us the 5 a.m. in Toronto. He's going to still give us the, the headlines, the, the, the songs that we really, really want from Drake, the songs where he's, He's really speaking, and and he does a, a, a what what also makes him so great is he does an, a good job of articulating where he's coming from because he because he he doesn't have the typical background as everybody knows what wheelchair Jimmy DeGrassi whatever you want to call him he, he he comes from Canada I mean he's not your typical rapper by any means but what but what he's able to accomplish and, and what he's able to articulate is is, is masterful really. Yeah, sure. I mean, again, I mean to piggyback off of what Jay said, I, I really, I feel the only positive we can pull from this is that neither song is confirmed to be on the upcoming album. And I, I think <laughs> even to go back to my original point, I think it confirms what I mean. He took what that basically means is that he took the time to do that and put it out. <laughs> Just because he, mm-hmm. he felt like doing it, just because he he had an innate desire to can, put out his record, and he could sure no, he but he can't. He can't. Oh, you aren't. He he can't. You can't. You can't. Like, he you, does. Like, like, you don't, he you does. don't get free. You don't get free reign to make terrible music because you made a couple good songs. I don't like, think like, it's like, terrible. That, 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 I don't that's not it, how I don't it works. It's terrible music. It is terrible. The concept behind it is is pretty bad. Like it, like one bar in a song about how like girls love Beyonce would have been cool. Like that would have been way, that would have been enough. But he, but he, but he has to. He go shouldn't use the hook. He shouldn't have used that hook. Nah, the hook corrupted. The hook is not corrupted. just the hook. You know, love the whole thing. You know, love that the music. whole record. The whole record. You know, love that music though. You know, love that music though. The female demographic, and that's exactly who Drake knows that he's. 
he's putting his music out for it. I feel exactly. like Drake, he he knows what crowd he's he's playing to, and when he does songs like that, you know, he loses a lot of his 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 male uh, uh, um, supporters, his, his you know the the fans. But he knows exactly who's listening to his music, and that's who he's playing for. Yeah, I don't even think he loses us, though. I don't even think he loses. I mean, he he may disappoint the male population or his his male fan demographic, but he doesn't lose us because he it could, because he's still capable of doing the things that he does. Like we know with this upcoming Drake album, there are going to be bangers on it. There are going to be very good songs because he's a very good artist. So Tommy, Tommy, I definitely I hear you, and I and I've told people that before. Like I. I I've had conversations with people about Drake and I've said, you know, like like he's not he's not he's not for the thugs. Like you're not like it's not it's not it's not rider music. Like you're not in a trap listening to Drake. But but at the same time But you can be sometimes. No you can't. Shut up. Come on, son, stop. Unless you, you're trying to get shot. Unless you started from the bottom started from the bottom isn't playing in the hood right now. Yeah, it's, it's not not in a not in a cutlass in Houston. You know, like, Why not? Because 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 it's Drake, like like because it's Drake, and and he's made songs that are you know obviously specifically directed at like his female fans, and they're still good songs. Like it's still good music. Like my argument is that this like this record is not good music. Like it it, it not at all. Like it's far from it. It isn't. It you know isn't. What I mean? I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I just, I just don't think that we can, I, because I feel like we would kind of get into a cycle where we write Drake off when he makes songs like this. Like, oh man, he's just terrible. Like, like, like even the I, this hook is almost as bad, if not worse, than the than the Make Me Proud hook. Like, I remember when I first heard that, I wanted to throw up. Like, I, I wanted to physically vomit when I first heard that hook. Like, this guy can't be serious. But he, he I, I, I still think that, like, what he does is going to, like, he's going to be fine. Like, the, like I don't think some, making songs like this is, is detrimental to him because it, it's proved in the past that it's not. I mean, he's. He's able to manage doing things like this. And, and starting from the bottom is playing in the hood. 5 a.m. Toronto is playing in the hood. Like, like these are these are bangers. I'm on one with knocking in the hood in Houston in a Cutlass in a Compton in a Chevy. Like, in every, like every hood was banging those songs because they were good songs. They were they were very good rap music. And he's gonna give us more of that. Like with this upcoming album. We're gonna get some of the some of the nutty Drake, some of the some of the this one's for the lady Drake, but but we're also still gonna get some of that raw gritty Drake, and and that's that's what makes him as good as he is, because he can do he can do songs like Girls with Girls Love Beyonce and still be all right. Everybody can do that. That I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I see where you're coming from, L. I, I see where you're all coming from. It's definitely. Um, it, you know, we don't. You know, we don't necessarily benefit from as the consumers from this. Uh, again, I think we are the victims of Drake's own personal agenda. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the fact that he wanted to do this again, I, I'm bothered by this, just just like Jason is. And again, the only mm-hmm. positive is that this is not on the upcoming album. And you know, you get your 5 a.m. in Toronto, and you're starting from the bottoms, and you know, 
you you enjoy that, and then you know he goes off and does you know goes off to his little other Drake side that we you know yeah on Um But but you know L makes a strong point that, uh, and again I agree I don't think it necessarily you know it's not going to hurt him in any way. He's still going to be Drake because he he'll turn around and make a, a six a.m. in Miami and just blow our minds and you know exactly. and we'll be right back to that style. Um, so it, again, so I guess you know, I guess we can all agree that. And again, Tommy's point was was strong as well that you know he's appealing to his female demographic, which is so important to him, as we all know. And uh, you know, he's able to go back and forth, and, and seemingly it's something that he does uh, very well, and maybe better than anybody else right now. Yeah. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll so forget about girls like Beyonce. We'll get, forget about girls love Beyonce in the grand scheme of things, just like. How we forgot about how he was trying to make an Aaliyah album. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another perfect, a perfect example. I mean, <laughs> a perfect example again um, mm-hmm. of Drake. Um, to switch gears real quick um, to our next topic, um, you know, with Khalifa, he's been all over the place doing radio interviews this week. Um, really, his first public appearances since his son Sebastian was born. Um, recently, uh, and now a little bit more in the, in the public, doing more interviews, talking about upcoming work. A um, uh, good day to talk about Wiz Khalifa, of course. Um, today he drops uh, the live in concert mixtape with which with uh, Mr. Currency Hot Spitter, who we've talked about on this show numerous times. Um, all of our hosts are fans of Mr. Currency. Um, uh, another joint project from them, of course, they did the Hot House Live installment. Um, all those years ago, and another installment from them that drops today live in concert, only seven songs, um, one of which is actually um, old. It was part of that series that they did with Big Sean when they were dropping a few songs um, uh, consistently, like over the course of a few days, uh, a good couple years back, if I can remember correctly. Um, so another project from Wiz and Spitta. Um, I actually have a clip from Wiz Khalifa's interview with The Breakfast Club in which he was talking about um, his upcoming work and what we can expect from him um, going forward. Um, and, you know, he had an inter- interesting point. So uh, let's People going, like, here in my, my newer stuff and all my features and stuff, I'm using flows and words and stuff that nobody's using mm-hmm. purposely because, like, the game is just, like, Ace Hood's flow, ASAP Rocky's flow, Meek Mill's flow. Right. That's it. Absolutely. I mean, and it's cool. I'm not hating on those dudes, but I'm trying to, like, challenge rappers when you hear a beat to mm-hmm. not be like, you know, like, do something else. People going, like, here in my, my newer... Sorry about that. Um, so, you know, we just got the clip. I want to get you guys' reactions. Um, uh, you know, Al, I'll get to you first uh, and, you know, go around and get guys' thoughts on this. I mean, uh, we talked a little bit about it here before we started the show. Um, you know, it, it, he's he's got a strong point there. Um, I think, I guess the larger question I kind of want to start from um, is, you know, with 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 Khalifa, and of course, uh, I think a lot of us are biased here. A lot of us have are have been with fans probably more so at, at some times than others. Um, I can say for myself, I, I started out as a stronger Wiz fan than I am now. But I guess you know, with that being the case, like, let's talk about kind of you know where you know it is. Certainly, Wiz has a point here, but is it? I, I seemingly he's he's calling to the attention to himself as one of the more unique and creative rappers we have right now in terms of his creative 
flows and deliveries. Um, and so he kind of points out kind of, you know, the, the track flow, that, that kind of not generic, but, you know, the kind of the flow that we hear so much. He alludes to Meek Mill and ASAP Rocky and A Hood, that flow that we're so used to. So, you know, guys, talk about that, and, and what are your reactions to Wizard's, to Wizard's point? I mean, he, he certainly does make a strong point because what what really separates what really separates rappers, at least for me, uh, are flows. I mean, uh, it, it, it's a combination of of content and flows, but flows is is a very big part of it. I mean, it's, there there has been this this new trend with this quote unquote trap flow, where guys kind of attack beats uh, in a in similar fashions. He talks about how it's like that. And then, 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 like that—that's that, like meat mill, like I've like really kind of it—it it, it becomes generic, and and I think it's kind of funny because Wiz used a lot of those flows on his last album, the, the only nigga in first class. He, I mean, he he took a lot of those popular trap flows and kind of put them to different sounding beats and and stuff like that because to, to kind of try to separate himself. So. I mean, I, I would like to see Wiz kind of try to get into some different types of flows. I, I spoke with Martin before, and I feel like, like I said, flows are such an important part, and it's really what separates people. Because, I mean, if you have a unique flow, if you if you rap in a way that hasn't necessarily been done before or isn't the most popular way to do it, you draw more attention to yourself. Because people kind of it's like a storytelling technique. It's like if you're going to tell a story different than how everyone else is telling it, then I kind of want to hear it from your point of view. And then that's like a, that's a very important thing. So, I mean, if Wiz is going to actually attempt to be creative and really come up with some new things, I think it could be cool. Wiz is a very good artist. I mean, I, I would certainly agree with Martin where I am a lot less of a Wiz Khalifa fan than I was a few years ago. I mean, back Back then, I would say maybe like three, four years ago, it was always Khalifa because he he was new and he was fresh and he kind of he kind of gave a different perspective to things that that I could relate to, and and now he's kind of, I mean, a lot of people throw around the term that he sold out or whatever you want to call it, but he's not making music to the quality that he used to, and if he can get back to that, I think that he could do some really interesting things. Yeah, his uh, mixtape Taylor Overdice was on our top ten mixtapes of uh, of last year on our music blog as well. Um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, Jay, your thoughts? Um, so I hear him, I, I, I and I agree with him, and I think he's and I think he's right. Um, I think that you know Lawrence put it perfectly that that trap flow that he's referring to is is good. It's good for you know certain situations on particular songs, like when the time is right and it fits, then, you know, it's okay to use it. And, you know, it's it's that turn up flow, like every, after every single punchline, it's just like, you know, you know, you, you party to it, you have fun to it and it's, and it's, and it's cool. Um, so I, 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 credit him for for bringing that up and and I think that was courageous of him to say and I I agree with him but he, I don't think he's the guy to do it <laughs> like I don't think he's the guy that's going to break the mold I think I think he should have said what he said blah 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 
Ace Hood, Meek Mill, and then say, you know, Kendrick Lamar is doing it, like, basically. Because, you know, he, he, I don't think he's a skilled enough rapper to, like, and, and creative enough to come up with different flows that we haven't heard before and make it, you know, good. And I, I just don't think he's capable of that. And maybe I'm wrong, and if he proves me wrong, then I'll be a happy guy. But it's, I, I hear him, I get what he's saying, I just don't think he's the person to execute it, <laughs> the person that I would I would want to see execute it. But if his next album has that on there, you know, I'll definitely hear it and recognize it. And, you know, if it's, if it's good, um, you know, then that would, that would, that's great for hip-hop. You know, that's that's good for Roots Khalifa, that everybody wins it. So we'll see. I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. We'll have to look out. We'll have to wait and see. So for Jay, he's got he's to more so prove it than uh, Tommy. What are your thoughts, Ben, on what it? My thoughts are, um, you know, I went to school in Robert Morris, 2006. That's when Wiz was mainly, uh, that's in Pittsburgh, uh, the Pittsburgh area. And that's when mainly was, uh, he was mainly a mixtape rapper, rapper back then. And, you know, he was, he he was a more gritty rapper. He 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 came with it. You know, he, he was different. And the more he developed, the more he progressed. You know, he, he exploded on the scene. And I feel like right now he's just he's just coasting in his 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 air of of natural natural growing enhancement. And he's he's not really he hasn't really he hasn't really brought anything that's that's standing out and really grabbing the listeners that that he did from years past. And like Jay was saying, I feel like, you know, I I, I hear what he's saying. I, you know, um, I respect his confidence, I guess you could say. But I haven't really heard anything from Wiz that, that's really, you know, jumping out and saying, okay, he's 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 entering a new stage of his, his rap career. I feel like he's just coasting right now. I agree. Yeah, co- I think coasting is a good word as well, even with that last, uh, Taylor Alderdice mixtape that again was on our top ten mixtapes of last year, um, and in fact, I, you know, I actually enjoyed the tape. The problem was, and it's like what you guys say. I mean, you know what to you, we know what we're getting from with. Um, there's not much, at least at this point, for us that I, I think he can do to really, you know, uh, astound us or you know, kind of change our our ideas of of how good he is. I think we all recognize, even Lawrence said, you know, he's a creative artist, um, for sure. Uh, In terms of his rapping ability, um, again, I think coasting is a good way to put it. Uh, I think that was a good term for it, Tommy, um, because, again, going back to using the Taylor Alderdice mixtape as as an example, um, I thought it was actually... A decent, you know, all the way through. I think each song was was listenable. I think the sounds were good. The production was 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 fair. Um, but again, lyrically and delivery, you know, it, it, it's it's typical Wiz. You know, nothing, you know, nothing really, you know, raises your eyebrows and you're like, wow, that, you know. But you kind of, you know, you kind of just nod your head to the whole thing. You kind of coast through it. So again, I think I think that's a good way to put it uh, from Tommy. Uh, if anyone else has any final thoughts, um, I'm going to go with a commercial. We'll come back and, and wrap up talking movies for the last for the last uh, looks like 15, 10 or 15 minutes. I just want I, I want to say one, one more little thing. Um, I, I I do 
I do like the point that Tommy made about about him coasting that that you pointed out, Martin. And I feel like it, it, it's a problem that we we've kind of grown to see over the past few years. I mean, there's like a new mold in rap where it's like a, a the way to establish yourself. Like a, you you build on a local level, and then you have your mixtapes and everything like that, and, and you have multiple mixtapes. And then eventually you put out like your first album and that's like your highly anticipated one. And it's like, it's almost like the make or break. I feel, I feel like with Wiz, once he got to the level, like right after he put out Cushion Orange Juice, he, he kind of peaked and then he was coming up with the album. I feel like, I feel like these guys get lazy, which is, which is disrespectful. <laughs> like I hold, I hold a certain level of like animosity toward Wiz because it was just like, all right, I, I did everything I kind of wanted to do. Like I had my whole come up. Like now, now I'm popular. I'm making money. I don't necessarily need to be as creative or or as innovative or or kind of just work really hard to make good music. Like I feel like you, they, they, you guys kind of let it come to them, and then that's kind of why I, I look at guys like Wiz. And even Wayne now, uh, like with a certain level of disdain, because it's like you know, you kind of like reached a pinnacle and and just decided, all right, now that I, now that I'm here, I can kind of just do whatever now, and people will buy it just because it's me, and I, I don't necessarily have to uh, attempt to keep improving or keep trying to add. Yeah, definitely. That's that's definitely a strong uh, final point there, Lawrence. Um, you know, I for like yeah, like you said. I mean, for me, the the best thing I liked about recent wins is the acquisition of Juicy J. <laughs> I, you know, I I loved that move for him for his whole movement. I mean, I just I love what Juicy J is able to do with him right now. So, you know, for me, it's like, you know, Wiz is kind of just there, you know, coasting along. And, and again, that's that's a strong point from you there because at the end of the day, we always say it's about us, the consumer. You know, we care about what we're receiving from them. It's, you know, um, so, you know, we're allowed to look at it from, from that perspective because at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, it's, it's sent to us, you know, we're the consumers and, it's on us to to evaluate it the way the way that we see fit. Um, so that's uh, that's good stuff there. So uh, let's wrap up our discussion there. Go to our final commercial. Um, again, that wraps up our music segment loosely based on www.flogspot.com, our music blog. And uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit about the new Superman movie. The full trailer has since been released, and uh, talk about expectations for that and some upcoming movie sequels that guys are looking forward to and uh, we'll wrap up with the collective we'll be right back in a couple minutes Rafika Consultants and Services LLC is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs web design and graphic arts we also provide biography writing services for websites For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. Sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Boom, 107. 
fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Don't forget to visit moon107.com. Yeah, we're back with the collective uh, for our final segment of our show. Uh, we've wrapped up talking about uh, our NBA playoff picks, which go on to weigh in about 10 minutes. Um, game one between Boston and New York. New York looking to win their first playoff series since 2000. Um, so again, we'll be making our picks um, week to week. Talked a little bit about the WNBA. Uh, switched up and talked about Drake in our music segment and discussed uh, with Khalifa and his his, uh, his his recent interviews. Uh, to wrap up, we're going to talk um, about Man of Steel, the upcoming Superman movie. The full trailer has since been released, um, a little extended trailer. Um, I actually saw um, the, the full trailer in theaters. I went to see um, uh, the new Oz movie, The Great and Powerful with James Franco, and saw the trailer. Um, a little bit extended, gives you a, a little bit closer look at the movie, um, which is directed by Zack Snyder, who is responsible for uh, 300 and Watchmen as well. Um, Obviously, the Superman installment, the first since the Superman Returns, um, which was, I believe, 2006, um, uh, which had Kevin Kevin Spacey as as playing Lex Luthor, really poorly, poorly... um, uh, criticized, uh, really wasn't received well, wasn't a great movie um, as a whole. Um, so Superman coming back, obviously, with the new trailer, and, and uh, as I said, Zack Snyder is involved. Um, Brian Singer, who was responsible for the X-Men series, was um, in charge of that Superman Returns project from about seven years ago. Um, Snyder taking over the reins of uh, the DC Comics superstar, Um Christopher Nolan also on board, who was obviously part of the the Dark Knight trilogy, bringing bringing Batman back back to theaters. Um, so he's involved also with the Superman film. Um, you know, and with these superhero movies, you know, it, it's really starting to get competitive. You know, you look at you know between DC Comics and Marvel. Obviously, the Avengers came up huge for Marvel last year, um, and and. For me, you know, up to this point, dubbed was probably the most epic uh, superhero movie thus far. Um, you know, Batman did really well with the, with the with the final installment last year uh, with the Dark Knight Rises. But you know, with DC Comics and Marvel really kind of battling now, you know, Superman coming back into the fold this summer. Um, the release date is announced as June 14th. Um, it, you know, it's obviously big stuff. Marvel's got others. You know, Marvel's really developing the 
leading up to the second Avengers, which will be the, the sequel, which is out 2015, I believe. Um, they're developing the Captain America story, the Thor story. The, the, the third Iron Man installment will come out next month. So, um, you know, with the whole superhero dynamic, it's really big, obviously, within the movie industry right now. So um, you guys thought, I'll, I'll let uh, Tommy get to us first, get his reaction for the Superman movie and what he's looking for. Uh, as a as a superhero fan in general, I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, because as a kid growing up, we always saw Superman as he's at the 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 upper echelon of superheroes. He's that he was that top dog, and but his movies have hasn't translated to to what we what we thought as consumers what we would uh what we would see. And you know, I'm just looking forward to see how how they bring the Superman story to life and if they bring Superman as a, as his brand back to back to that height that it once was when as a child watching all the cartoons and all the the comics and all that. So definitely you from the trailer. Tommy? Um, What's up? I said Tommy did Tommy did you start flexing when you heard Superman too or no? No I didn't see it. I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I saw a short trailer. Um, I believe it was before The Dark Knight Rises. They played a short trailer, um, and um, I, I I like the director behind it. I I think he's going to do a really good job. I mean, the cinematography in, in 300 was was cutting edge, and and it would be I guess I guess I, I'm 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 thinking of it as you know, visually as Superman meets 300, which I think would be pretty cool. So, um, you know, like uh, least all of the superhero movies are, have been over the last two or three years, especially have been very, very good. Um, I agree with Martin that that last Superman movie was, was awful. It was, it was actually, it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. So um, I'm looking forward to for the, for the Superman story. It's going to bounce back with this one. Um, I think it's going to be very good. I'm, I'm, I'll have to be honest. I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more toward the Marvel side of these movies, and I, mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to the Iron Man, the next Iron Man, um, next month more so than Man of Steel. But I'm still going to probably see both. Um, but you know, I, I think I think a new director and and a new direction is needed for the Superman series to kind of you know make a resurrection for yourself. Um, I, I I think he'll I think he'll do a good job with it. And, and from the short trailer that I saw, it looks it looks pretty cool. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I, you like uh, I think you like that. Uh, you know, Russell Crowe is playing the Superman biological father. Um, from Krypton, and Kevin Costner is playing his uh, his uh, uh, um, adopted father um, in the movie. So, I mean, casting-wise, you, you like that. And um, Amy Adams also is casted as Lois Lane, um, which is, you know, casting-wise. And the guy, Henry Cavill, he's he's a new guy playing, playing Superman. So, you know, a chance for him to kind of come in and, and make his mark there, um, playing the lead role. So casting-wise, I mean, you, you kind of like what they're doing there. Uh, Lawrence, what do, you, what do you think about Superman? Uh, 
I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I think it'll be really cool. Uh, like, like Jay said, with the with the guy behind 300 doing a Superman movie, that that sounds pretty pretty cool to me. I mean, it's it, it, I, I think it'll be shot really well, and and I mean, you talked about Kevin Costner and and Russell Crowe being in it. I mean, uh, that's big. Uh, I think I think it'll definitely be really cool, and, and Marvel is certainly on the up and up with the Avengers and everything like that. So. It's something that I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, Hans Zimmer, also responsible for the film score for the uh, movie's music. So that uh, Hans Zimmer also did the Batman music. So you get a sense of kind of what it's going to be quality-wise in terms of sound and production with Snyder uh, behind it and Snyder and Nolan doing the producing and uh, Hans Zimmer behind the music, um, definitely going to be kind of that mass brand experience, kind of like what Tommy alluded to that you look for from Superman's movie. Um, real quick, I uh, want to go around. I know Jay said he's leaning towards the uh, towards the Marvel uh, series. Uh, uh, Lawrence and Tommy, where which way are you swaying towards, DC Comics or Marvel? I would say I would say Marvel. That's the uh, that's Iron Man and all them like, guys over there, right? Hulk and Captain America. That's Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely Marvel. Um, I feel like their their movies they they just they've just you know what I'm saying they've really taken a right hook to the industry, you know, a knockout punch. You know, they just really taken over, and it, it's just they just keep bringing excitement, and people want to see more, and it's just. You know, every everyone's on the edge of their seats waiting for these movies. I feel like Marvel's taking over right now. Yeah, I'm actually it's kind of an unfair advantage. I mean, isn't it though? I mean, when you look at DC Comics, I mean, Batman is really kind of holding, you know, keeping them above, you know, water. It's really holding its own by itself. I mean, they, you know, the Green Lantern installment that's meant to be a DC yeah. Comics thing, but you know, it was awful. I mean, Ryan Reynolds shouldn't be playing any kind of superhero <laughs> ever. Um, so, you know, I know Al was about to weigh in on something, but, you know, is it, is it an unfair advantage, though, when you look at it? I mean, it, it, it certainly is kind of because, I mean, there, there's always going to be power numbers. But I, I would actually – I, I like the, the recent Batman series more than anything else. I mean, the, I, I think that the Dark Knight all, – all three of the Dark Knight movies, I know people kind of weren't necessarily huge fans of the Dark Knight Rises, but I thought that the Dark Knight Rises was excellent. I mean, I liked all three of the movies. Batman has always been kind of my, like, low-key super favorite superhero, so I, I will go DC. Yeah, it's, again, yeah, it's like, you know, Batman does, I feel like he carries a lot of weight by himself. Um I get, but you know, a, a lot, a lot to catch up on. I feel like for with DC Comics, um, and you know, obviously with Superman coming out, it's almost like you're you're stacking them up. You've got you know the top heavy DC Comics with you know you've got your Batman and your Superman, and you're over here with your Marvel characters, and you've got your you know your Avengers, your Iron Man, your Captain America, and even your Spider Man. I mean, you know, they're doing the new uh, Spider Man series, the Amazing Spider Man. They did the first one with the guy Eduardo from the social network, which for me was just weird enough. I couldn't really understand that, but they're filming the sequel now for that. So the Amazing Spider-Man series is still developing. That's another Marvel installment that's 
still living and breathing. So, and I, I think they're even working the Spider-Man character into the the second Avengers because that's part of that's part of the original story from the comic book. So, um, that's something to look forward to. Um, but sure, I mean, you know, Superman obviously looking to swoop in and give DC Comics maybe some some extra weight. I mean, maybe you know. Uh, make a stronger case for itself when you look at the argument between DC Comics and Marvel. Um, maybe Superman will help will help make a better case there. Uh, so yeah, we're winding down here. The last 60 seconds of our show. Uh, signing off here. This is Martin Stories. Uh, my co-host Lawrence Reels, Jason Reels, Tommy Hill. Uh, always a pleasure to be here on the Collective on Blog Talk Radio with the Keys 107. Uh, signing off. My co-host here. Uh, we'll be back next week. Talking probably some more NBA playoffs, some more music, some more television and movies. Uh, Same time, same place. This is what we do. You know us. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.